You're listening to the 405 Exchange Podcast. My name is Ken Brepier, and today's episode is with Emil Ledman. If you go onto his Wikipedia page, you'll be met with the description that Emil Ledman is a folk musician from Holland. And sure, that's true, but to hear Emil's music is to be met with a man who's brimming with creativity in a way that words really can't do him justice. There's a sincerity in his songs, an earnestness, uh, and a constant sense of wonderment that you find within his music. And you can hear this immensely on his last album, Winter Summer. A few minutes back, ML was in New York to write new music, and because the universe is a cool mistress, we ended up missing each other. But luckily for you, technology can be a magical tool, and we we're able to have a great chat online with me being home in New York and him being home in his native Holland. Trust me when I say you are going to love this guy. This is the 405 Exchange with ML Ledman. Enjoy. I got pulled away up north, my mind moving back and forth. I guess I take it with me where I go. Little steps make little ways, how I sometimes. So the funny thing about podcasts is how we have to pretend we didn't just like ask how our days were. So I'm going to do it again. Hey, how's your day going, man? It's good. My day's been good. Um, we have a, a little bit of a different time zone going on here. Yeah, for context, you're in Holland, which is actually one of my favorite countries in the world. I, I love your home country. I'm here in New York. And what is it? Is it five hours difference, I think, the time difference? Or six? Um, I think it's six right now. Yeah, it depends six. a little bit on summertime, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So right now it's ten in the morning here, and it's about four in the afternoon over there, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's a true pleasure getting the chance to talk to you. Uh, I'm gonna talk loads about your music and stuff. Um, how's this weekend been treating you? Has it been a good one? Uh, yeah, yeah, very good. Um, I I played a show with uh, Josh Ritter. Oh wow. Um, which was a lot of fun in Paradiso in Amsterdam. That's a venue um, I'm dying to go to. That's amazing. Oh, you should definitely go. It's uh, it's very beautiful. It's like it has a very old church-like feel, um, and there's two rows of balconies, so it feels kind of intimate, but it still holds like 1,600 people, I think. Yeah. And it's just uh, yeah, if you have the chance, go. Yeah, and that's like the premier venue in uh, Holland. I mean, obviously, you guys have the Ziggo Dome and there's some other venues, but from everyone I know who loves music and has gone through Amsterdam, they always say that Paradiso is like a venue like on uh, like any other venue in the world, really. Yeah, then, like Paradiso is sort of where it's at. And then if, if that's too small for you, you're already touring very large places. <laughs> and then, well, yeah, then you're stepping up in more of like arena style or very big empty spaces that you like haul some big PA system into but Paradiso is sort of where it's at yeah yeah was this your first time playing the Paradiso well I, I live in the Netherlands um so I've I've been there yeah I've been there a bunch of times over the years um in various groups in various forms and shapes but um so yeah I'm kind of kind of um familiar to the venue it has a uh, an upstairs room as well which has like a smaller capacity room and I've played there a bunch of times and yeah, it's always great to be there. Yeah. Cause I imagine like it, like a venue like that, that's so special. The first time you played it, you probably had yourself like, you know, 
in your mind looking forward to it throughout that week or whatever like thinking like oh i'm finally gonna get to play this room <laughs> for sure and they have they have like um a basement style sort of yeah it's very old so it's like a, a church style kind of basement section where all the backstage areas are and they have these old chesterfield couches and it's like oh probably prince sat on this couch nirvana has been here a couple of times you know, it's like you, you sit on that couch and it sort of has this magical feeling of a true legendary uh, venue. Wow. That's truly, I mean, just the historical significance alone. That's a beautiful thing. Um, you know what, dude, seriously, thanks so much for being part of the show. Uh, this is one of those episodes where we're introducing you to people who probably don't know about you. Um, there's got to be an intro, but I think we should start off with um, you telling me when did music enter your life? Um, well, I started off uh, as a kid playing drums. Um, I was just very fascinated by hitting things um, as loud as possible. <laughs> and then I took a break from hitting things uh, and did not do music for a couple of years. Um, was really into card games and just like being a like a really gamer with all my friends. And one day, I think we all sat in a room and we finished up a game of I don't know if you know the the card game Magic the Gathering. I do actually, yeah. I have some really yeah. good friends who love the hell out of that game. I've I've observed and it looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, it's it's crazy fun and I, I come from like a pretty close knit group of friends all really uh, like being on the tournament scene with that and we were all in one room thinking about how fun it would be if we would sell sell part of our uh, magic collection and all buy instruments. So we sort of just all chose an instrument and then sold part of our cards and bought that particular instrument. So we had um, two guitarists, like I bought a guitar and then we had a guy buying a bass and a, a drum kit was bought. And then um, I think the the person who wanted to sell um, the least amount of cards was the singer. <laughs> and, and, and that was how like my first band got formed and, and we were just in it for for the fun, you know? like showing each other every week we, we would sort of show each other what we would have learned on the instruments so i would sort of compete with the other guitarist in the band so you would eventually get to the lead guitar position you know and uh and our bass player would would show off show off all these flea licks that he would have learned that week and yeah we would just we all dove in really deep and over the years some people left some people uh joined and we always stayed together and then um that was like the first five years, I think, of my music um, upbringing. And then I, I heard a couple of records uh, that were in a way different genre because I was very into Red Hot Chili Peppers and all that funk kind of stuff and like living that rock and roll sort of dream. Like I, I really hoped um, to, to be like a really in a funk rock hard band. Um, but yeah, one day I just heard a Nick Drake record and a Think record. I don't know. Do you know Think? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool, cool. So Nick Drake and Think and those records, and I was so captivated by that, and that sort of made a huge impact on me musically. And um, yeah, just dove into that genre and started writing uh, my own songs for the first time as a as a singer as well. Uh, yeah, and that just grew from that point on. That's incredible. Like that whole story, honestly. Like. 
just for a little bit of context, how old were you when you guys saw the the magic cards for the instruments? Well, for the money to buy the instruments. Sixteen-ish. Wow. All, all around sixteen-ish. Yeah. So what amazes me about that is like, like talk about a time in your life where it was so pure and it, it was such a c- contributing factor to how the rest of your life would play out. But like you mentioned, you guys were doing it so much for the love of it. There was no like semblance of what a future could be. And that makes me wonder, like, do you remember when you made the concise choice to build a career in music and what led you to making that choice? Because obviously with how it started out, it's very different than choosing this is going to be my life. Yeah, uh, that's correct. So I, I think we used to have a little basement that was owned by a friend of us and it was hand dug underneath their house. And so it was not very like registered. It was just a place in the ground where we could jam out as late as possible. And then we heard of a music school. There's like certain music schools where you can actually get a degree in music. And yeah, we all talked about it. Like who does want to pursue this at a level where you also go to college or to school for this. And me and the bass player of the band, uh, we said, yeah, let's, let's go all in. The drummer of that band as well. And we all got accepted into different, different conservatories and schools for music. And I think that was sort of the point where we where we were also a little bit forced to think about careers in music more than um, just, you know, smoking cigarettes and jamming out to three chord songs. Wow, that's really something else, man. Um, you know, the first song of yours I heard was uh, Little Marks. And um, awesome. It, yeah. And it feels like, you know, what I really love about that song is that it feels like the first time every time I hear it. Every time I listen to a song, it feels like I'm listening to it for the first time, honestly. Nah, that's good, that's good to hear. Yeah. It's kind of a weird song, though, because all the all the choruses have different lyrics, so there's not really any repetition in the song, I think. That's something that really struck me with it as well. And, um, you know, the reason I bring the song up uh, as, well as, as well with the context of it being the first song I heard, um, I know that's an older song, but I'd really love to hear the story behind that one because I feel like that must have been a very inspiring song for you to make yeah so at at the time uh i was writing um in norway uh i i booked a um little wooden cabin way up north uh in norway so in the winter there it's completely dark and um i went there twice in a year so i went there one while it was completely dark and once a week when it was completely light out because i wanted to write in the same space with a different between like darkness and light and Little Marks, uh, I wrote that in winter, so there's no light, and I'm there for a week, and it was really a, a reflecting moment uh, on my life, because music sort of, in a way, happened in my life. I mean, I pursued it, I worked hard, and I'm still working hard, but it sort of also just happened. Um, and now I was like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm 29, I probably won't be a professional athlete anymore, not that I wanted to be, but that option is off the table. Uh, I won't be an astronaut anymore. You know, that dream is off the table. And I sort of started crossing off some of these dreams that I've sort of always had as a, you know, when you're a kid, you have all these dreams, but you also have all these potential other routes your life could go. Do you know, do you know what I mean? Or is that, no. does that sound strange? No, that makes complete sense. Uh, I'm uh, 28. I turned 29 in like a couple weeks. And uh, even though I'm not a musician myself, I do find myself... Uh, thinking in that way in a, in a lot of ways in regards to life, like how 
there's roads that are either dwindling or don't exist anymore in the context of where life could go. So I definitely know it, what you it, mean. It, yeah, exactly. So it's like when you're 12, right, and you go go-karting for the first time, you, <laughs> you step into that go-kart and you enjoy, you know, you enjoy it a lot. And you're like, I could be the next Schumacher or, you know, maybe potentially. But when you're when you're getting a little older, I'm not saying that it's not possible, but I had this moment where I sort of went down that list of all the things that I sometimes as a kid was thinking about and was like, oh, this this feels, thinking about this now really feels different. And that's what the song Little Mark sort of um, was shaped into. Because what happened is I used to play a game when I was a kid that I would pretend that all small spaces were um, rockets to go to Mars. <laughs> Um, so, you know, if I would be in a, in a, uh, bathroom, for example, that I, not my own bathroom, but let's say the bathroom of my grandparents in Canada or like a, a friend's bathroom somewhere in, in the city, I would, I would look around the bathroom and be like, Hmm, is this large enough to sleep in? Is there a cabin for all my food pills? What's up? Could I be an astronaut in here? You know, is this big enough? Um, and that game came back a little mm -hmm. bit to me when I was in Norway and then, I wrote a lyric about that, and then I think the song just sort of shaped itself around that experience of, like, getting a little bit older, but still finding yourself being 29 and playing a game you used to play and still thinking, oh, it would have been great maybe to be an astronaut. I don't know. How would that be? You know? Yeah. I think that's a testament to how special songwriting could be, where, I mean, for you as a songwriter, it's about this very specific set of circumstances and experiences, but the feeling of what the song's about can resonate so much and you know little marks was part of a larger body of work called winter and summer an album that touched upon so many emotions and intimate experiences um in october it'll be a year since the album came out uh can you tell me about the changes that have happened in your life due to the album like what's your life been like since that album's come out um yeah it's been been really good it's the next step for me um it's been my third album, and, and I would say especially Spotify has been really good to me, and it opened up a lot of doors, like um, you and me are connecting, which is cool, which I think is definitely uh, a sign of that the world is getting smaller and uh, that music can travel so far, even that, you know, I live in a very small city called Utrecht uh, in the Netherlands. I know of you, Turk. I didn't know that was the city you were in. I, I guess I just oh, have you been? Amsterdam. I have. Went, we, so I grew up um, in the UK. I was born here in America, but I grew up in the UK. And we used to have family friends in Holland, and we would go to Utrecht. And that is honestly one of the most beautiful places in the world that I've ever been to. Oh, that's so good to hear. Yeah. For people, awesome. Do you yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, for people listening who might not know what it looks like, just imagine anything out of a fairy tale book and there you go pretty much it kind yeah. of pretty much looks like that a typical dutch thing also is to ride bicycles so everybody here owns a, a, at least one bicycle um but potentially more because you have a bicycle that you take that you don't mind getting stolen you have a really nice bicycle that you take on long rides then you maybe have a bicycle that you use to bring your kids to school so there's a lot of bikes in Utrecht. And it's the main form of transportation. So you can see fields of them. Yes. Um, and then there's some canals and it's all, you know, it find the origin is, um, was parts of it were built by Romans even. So it, it really goes back long. That's really something else. And like, wow, you know, I've never thought about this in this context, but I can imagine 
that would be such a great place to live in terms of its size and just how people are generally for you as an artist as being like a songwriter like you know obviously you get to go to cities and you get to travel and do so much really cool stuff but to have a place like that to return to it must feel really nice yeah I d i'm definitely in love with this place it's it's big enough where there's everything that you would need uh, but it's small enough to really build a community within the city and that everybody's quite friendly and and not as um you know busy or as rushed as some some bigger cities have yeah you know it's really nice to hear um it's gonna sound kind of uh backwards how i'm gonna say this i want to make sure i say it right but it's really nice hearing a dutch person feel so uh positive about their country like so i have a lot of dutch friends from growing up as a kid and i still keep in touch with a lot of them and a good amount of them feel like holland is very boring <laughs> like, that's like the well, <laughs> yeah i mean the good comes with the bad you know there's if, if you want to, if you want to touch on that subject, I mean, I, I just lived in New York for three months working on new music, um, and the diversity in New York and the energy and all that is is uncomparable. It's uncomparable. Um, I, I I would see people walking through New York and think that they're in such a high level of, you know, um, confidence and. Uh, such a high level of, um, you know, exploring who they truly are and um, letting that show to the world. Which in the Netherlands, you know, it's where it's a smaller country. We have a saying in the Netherlands that uh, if you translate it literally to English, it says something along the lines of, um, you know, act normal. Normal is crazy enough. <laughs> you know so 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 yeah i mean parts of parts of that existence or that social structure um sort of tends to the safe side um which when you're young and when you have like crazy wild dreams and um yeah there's definitely more exciting places in the world but um i i, I like it here but i also really love to to go away from here so most of the time when i write music uh, i do seek out other places like uh norway which where i uh, I, I wrote winter summer um and uh, new york for the past three months where where i wrote some uh, new music i think it makes a lot of sense because like when i think about the way people live now and especially like the last 10 years or so like having the ability to go to different places and be embedded in them i feel like that's a thing of being an adult that's truly special like having that uh capability and I think it just, all it does is open your perspective. It's like what you were saying about being here in New York and kind of observing people and how they interacted. That's a really powerful thing. For sure, yeah. And to see how different it can be. Um, and it's all for you to choose. You can think more now than ever, but I don't know because I haven't lived like 100 years ago, but it feels to me that more than ever you can go out into the world and have a mount, mount, mindset of... Um, whatever you want you can do that or you can you know you have so many opportunities that you can seek out as far as your group that you want to live in or the the atmosphere you want to live in or the creative people or processes you want to connect to um that it's all up for you to decide and that can be you know um living living somewhere in spain and and surfing all year if that's your you know your your thing or uh 
yeah, connecting with artistic people in crazy buzzing cities and uh, see what's up around the world, it's all possible. So there's not really a reason to be unhappy in a place, I think. Because um, you can just go right now. That's very beautifully put, man. Uh, I'm going to touch back on you being in New York, but before I do, um, I couldn't help but notice that on Spotify, people have uh, gravitated towards your song Bodies from uh, your 2016 album, An Unexpected View. Um, listening to it, I could definitely see why people love that tune. There's a constant acoustic chord with the integration of electronic chords, and it's really <laughs> yeah. fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So... That song, what I wanted, I've always loved um, the song structure of hip hop songs, um, which that, you know, hip hop is too big to put into like one song structure, of course. But um, I always loved the idea of having a nice sort of very good sounding thing that you tweak a little bit. That's the change to the chorus and the verse. Um, so that's what I, that, so I had this lick, that, that chord, that acoustic chord that you mentioned. And I, I thought, like, how can I make subtle changes to this thing in order to make, to d differentiate to like verses and choruses? And then, um, and then completely do something really off uh, in, the, in the bridge, which I think worked really well with that song to sort of not make it sound like hip hop, but take more the, that approach to the writing of that song. Yeah, that it definitely comes across uh, that like kind of song structure. Um, you know, something I'm keen to hear about is how do you find yourself feeling about that song after all this time? Because I mean, that song came out almost three years ago now, and people still really love it. <laughs> yeah, um, it's that's cool. That's great. It's great to see that that song um, has such a long life uh, on that platform. It's also what's been really fun is that sometimes my friends that. You know, a lot of my friends are also touring musicians, and I get a lot of um, text messages and a lot of little videos from all over the world where people are touring and they're sending me um, like a video from a cafe where that song is playing or from like a venue where another band was once sound checking with that song and somebody of my friends were there. And then they, um, they send me a video of that, which was really crazy. Um, so yeah, to, to see that, these, that song is being heard um, and is being listened to is, is a great feeling. That's massive, man. Um, I want to ask you about some of the new songs you've released this year, um, starting with Sleeping Satellite. Uh, this is one of those songs where the lyrics and the wordplay feel so connected. And I wonder, how much did your singing affect the actual lyrics of the song? Like, meaning, did you find the lyrics changing as you began singing the song itself? Oh, so for this song... Um, you, it's a cover song. Oh, well. Yeah, yeah. Fuck me. Who is it by? T Tasman Archer oh. is the original artist. So I check out that song. It's it was huge. It's like an evergreen song in Europe, or at least in the Netherlands. Wow, well, um, look at that. I need to brush on music history. I totally took that as an original number. That just goes to show how well you did it. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, so, so all lyrics and concerning lyrics. That's like her her stuff. But it, and it's an older song too, um, and but the lyrics still hold true to this day, um, and I, I just love that song so much. And um, I, I made a version for it a while ago, um, 
for a radio show that I, I played, and they asked me to play one of my favorite all-time evergreens. So I made a version of a couple of songs over the years, and this was one of them. And um, yeah, listening back to all these versions of covers that I've made um, over the years, I was like, okay, um, let's let's go into the studio and see if I can really make them my own and uh, and, and release them and share these versions uh, that were performed like one time for um, radio or for some other specific thing on TV or something. We could just release them um on spotify yeah yeah so that's mega so that's what you're currently doing then because you had another song that came out uh recently sexual which i reckon is also a cover definitely a cover yeah yeah, yeah. i it, the original for that is so uptempo and um you check it out it's it's um it's by a song called naked uh, sorry by an artist called naked okay and um it's very uplifting um that song it's very energetic and um, yeah, I was toying around with that song as well in in uh, in the studio setting, uh, making uh, my own version. And I slowed it down a bunch. And they have a melody that they use a lot in uh, in the bridge, and that melody stuck to me. And so I whistled it a bunch, and then started toying around with uh, with auto tune on my whistling. And then I picked up a slide guitar, and then yeah, that song was just it connected so well with the original. I thought. And um, so, yeah, I've, I've, I've made, I think, five or six um, recordings of, of covers that we're uh, slowly releasing. That's really cool, man. And just talking a bit more about that uh, sexual cover, I mean, I imagine within the original, it demands that there is a bit of a playfulness in regards to how it's sung. But I love the way you approached it in the sense that it's playful but it's still kind of earnest and it i feel like that earnesty kind of resonates a lot with your style and your approach to writing even though the song is a cover um was the way you approach singing the song kind of a challenge for you in a way because it's playful but it still very much has your style to it yeah i think the playfulness comes a lot from the existing parts of that song so like the the whistling melody that that um that i talked about is very playful and while singing it also i i didn't really cross the line where it's too much like the lyric is pretty you know it's pretty out there it's it's not some well hidden <laughs> message about that i would love to connect physically with a person it's pretty right out there <laughs> you know so while singing it i was thinking that it would be nice if the way that it's sung has some multiple you know feelings about also like you know being sexual can also mean other things, you know, it can also mean smiling at somebody in a, in a certain way, you know, it's like a playfulness. Um, yeah. So while singing that, I was definitely thinking about putting, um, more nuances into the, into the vocal recording than just, you know, making it even more straight out that message. <laughs> yeah, man. And you really achieved that. Uh, we talked a bit about, thank you. Yeah. So it's a funny story about like how this talk came together. Uh, when I found your music, I think it was about a year ago, and I was like really keen on it. I was like, oh, who's this guy? So I did a thing where I followed you on all the stuff like Songkick and Spotify and Instagram and all that. And uh, a few months ago, you were in New York, where I'm based. And what's wild is that we totally missed each other 
uh, I think probably due to like Instagram's algorithm where you see things weeks or days later. But um, <laughs> luckily we're able to connect uh, online over this platform here. And the reason I bring that up is because, you know, a few minutes ago we were talking about what uh, you being in New York. Uh, what was that like for you to be here? Like, can you talk a bit more about that? Yeah. Um, New York is great. It's uh, I, I was there for three months and I had a little uh, Airbnb on, in which I could like write some music and which I could make my home for a little bit. And uh, on day one, I bought myself a bike because, you know, I have to represent my home country. Yes. And everybody rides bikes here. So, you know, got to do that. And yeah, I spent three, three months discovering the city and, and writing music. Uh, went to a whole bunch of studios and uh, went to a lot of jam sessions. Uh, and just sort of try to have a sense of, the, yeah, catch a vibe for the city. And um, it just, it's so energetic. There's so much going on. Um, like every night, everywhere you go, it was very inspiring to be there. Yeah, what was it that, why, why New York out of anywhere else? Like, is New York a place you always wanted to go to? I think, because I've, I've traveled a lot while like making music, playing live and uh, recording over the years. And when the opportunity came to go to a longer time to go to New York, um, I just jumped on. Because I think New York for a week can be very exciting. Um, but it's definitely a place where if you stay longer, I think... I felt I could sort of connect on a deeper level with that place because um, there's just so much going on. And I've, I've been there, you know, a couple of times. I, I've played some shows um, there, but then it was always in and out. And I was like, New York's too crazy. It's, it's too much for me to handle. Yeah. Um, and yeah, then the opportunity came to, to stay for longer and I just dove in. And um, yeah, actually, I, I think I could live there. I mean, it's... It can be a lot sometimes, uh, but it's just so cool that there's so much artistic expression going on everywhere that you're walking. Yeah. Um, so it, it it just never you know it never stopped to amaze me, and it's it's so beautiful too. Like I was biking in winter when there was still a lot of snow going on, and going over all the bridges to Brooklyn um, to Manhattan is just, just that that site is so beautiful. It's it's really really gorgeous. It is amazing. And what's cool about this city, um, like, I think for a lot of New Yorkers and I think people listening who are familiar with how I feel about the place, like, sometimes it could sound negative. But I think what's beautiful about New York when you're here um, is no, even if you feel stressed or upset or down or whatever, you do always recognize that there's so much of the city you've yet to see. And I've been here since, technically, since, like, 2008. And there's still so much of the city I haven't seen. I mean, I'm always traveling for work, but like, yeah, like sometimes I'll feel a little stressed out, but then I'll think about, I can't, I have to consider there's so much more to experience in this place. And it, that's always a beautiful thing to remember. Yeah. And, and people there, I find, are just very, very easily to connect to on all sorts of levels. Like I've, I've really made some friendships there uh, with people that I'm still connected with. And I've also had a, a lot of fun with people that I met very briefly, but very intensely for like one evening. Yes. Um, that's and a- I, maybe that's due to that a lot of people travel to New York and they move to New York for, for whatever passion they're pursuing or careers they're building on. So everybody's looking to also connect and, um, you know, being somewhere and connecting easy, easily with people, you sort of get a taste of 
you know how it's like for people to live there and um that energy really um translated into a lot of new songs for me and a lot of new ideas musically as well there was a um uh, a bar i forgot the name i'm so sorry but there was a bar that had pretty frequent jam session sessions going on and just always a blast i would not participate at all i would just sit, stand in the back of the room with a with a nice beer and and just chill and listen to what everybody's doing people jumping on and off of the stage and just very good musicianship and i was very inspiring and um yeah i played a couple of house shows there with with other artists that were performing throughout the city and it was just i don't know it's just a very different atmosphere than the chill relaxed down-to-earth utrecht <laughs> yeah I know, I know exactly what you mean, man. And like, you know, just to add to what you're saying, something that I love telling people is um, there's a lot of cities that I love in the world. I mean, I love London and Dublin, uh, Amsterdam, of course. Um, Stockholm's a great city. There, there are all these amazing cities out there, but something that makes New York stand out is I feel like New York's the only place where you can not only, you can have a night out with complete strangers, and by the end of the For night, sure. they'll be some of the closest people in your week or somehow like for sure yeah you feel yeah. so and connected to what was also crazy is that when i got to when i got to brooklyn to my airbnb i connected with um an artist called gray reverend i don't know if you know gray reverend i don't actually so he, he tours a lot with the cinematic orchestra oh wow i love them yeah those amazing amazing musicians and um so he travels and plays a lot with them and uh, my first EP, I wrote a couple of songs with him um, on my first EP. And I, I thought I'd send him a message like, hey, I know you live somewhere in Brooklyn and I, I'll be here for three months. So hopefully you're in town and, and uh, we'll get a chance to make music again. And he turned out to be my neighbor. <laughs> um, so it's so these things I feel like happen a lot in New York. So I, I connect with him and then through that connection we we find out that there's a lot of more people we have in common and we know a lot more people and then everybody sorts of starts living within a couple of miles of where you are and that feels in a certain way very connected to a traveling world of you know musicians and it's it's a large industry but it's not that big so yeah. in the three months i was there there were people that i knew or that i know from germany that came with their whole band who moved to canada who were now touring in new york and i met up with them and then, like, a, a friend of mine from Chicago, she came through, and we spent the weekend together. And there's all these artists and all these people that, me being in that place for three months, and all these people that are just touring all around and pass through New York, that you get, I had a chance to reconnect with so many people just being in New York and then touring, you know, by that place, which is, which is incredible. Like, if you live there, you must have the best shows to visit every night, you know? No, that's actually one of those like kind of like first world problems you have with living here, where it's the type of thing of, um, I mean, for me, I'm a prime example where there's I have quite an eclectic taste in music, where there's acts that I love that span through various genres, and the almost flip side of that is with being in a city like New York, I'll have uh, I'll have it where there'll be three or four shows in the same night of artists that I love kind of equally, and then I have to pick. And that's something that happens probably every week. <laughs> Ugh, yeah. It's pretty hilarious, though. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, uh, it can be tough to choose. Like, decision paralysis is a thing. Yeah, it very much is. Uh, thanks so much for your time here. You know, before I let you run, 
Uh, you mentioned how you're going to be releasing probably more covers and, um, you know, obviously like a body of work comprised of them. Uh, before I let you go, what can you tell me about that? And can you tell me about like how, whether or not you feel, even though these are obviously covers, are they going to, do you think the sound of them is going to bridge the gap between your last album into your eventual next one? Ooh. So I'm, I'm recording my next album right now. And, um, I, I dove into that process very openly, uh, so I'm, I'm still figuring out sounds for that. But the way that it that's progressing is that it's way, um, way less guitars, way more guitar effects. So there's a lot of set more sounds than uh, distinguishable guitar sounds or like lines, guitar, um, like guitar riffs. Um, so these covers are all like very, very you know sort of fragile and very um very small and now in the studio i'm actually moving towards a very much of a bigger sound so i don't know if they actually form into where i'm going um but on a whole like those five songs that i'll be releasing they'll they'll all be very fragile and, and very nice like the very singer songwriter type of you know fragile uh, songwriting or not writing because there's covers but you know the fragile songs uh, in a different coat you know than the originals and uh, for my next album i'm keeping everything open there's a lot of energy in the studio right now and uh we're exploring uh, a lot of uh, instrument options and um i'm sort of letting go of what i think i always had to do or had to be able to do live as well so now i'm just making the record that i want to make and then if i made it too complicated to do live we'll we'll uh you know we'll, we'll get to that bridge then (laughs) so uh yeah it's it's exciting times because it's a lot of experimenting and throwing away like ideas and uh opening out like new pro tool sessions and started working on a song again uh or throwing away bridges or taking verses and choruses from different ideas to different songs so we're we're really throwing around a whole stuff of a whole bunch of ideas in the studio which is very fun like honestly that's for me the most exciting thing uh, about music is to just be you know diving in and being as creative as possible and um, getting all excited about what you're hearing which is all new you know the, you sometimes wake up and go to the studio and then something that wasn't there is there and you're pumped about what you're hearing and uh, I, I love that feeling yeah well I mean I loved hearing it man honestly and I can't wait to hear what comes next I'm sure loads of people can as well and uh yeah thanks so much for taking the time today for this chat this was really mega you're more than welcome it was fun talking to you yeah it's fun talking to you too i'm super excited to know that there's people listening who will definitely check your music out without any context of knowing what you sound like and you know i would definitely recommend people start any way they want but if they start out with that song little marks i think they'll definitely be beautifully affected the way i was so honestly thanks again for the chat tonight thank you ken and thanks for the the opportunity of having me on your your show yeah obviously that's clearly man clearly it's you're a super talented guy thanks thank you of all the secrets that we chose to keep from the heart carry dreams throughout the dark and may I never ever feel afraid 
I got close to all I need for some